everybody. This is pop culture critic John Tatey welcoming you back to Pop Mom, the podcast where culture is relative. Yes, it's time again for my mom, Bonnie Tatey, to share her view of pop culture, small town life, and the riddles of human nature. On this episode, we continue our coverage of the summer game shows as mom reviews the new Fox game, Spin the Wheel. Let's bring mom in now. Hi, mom. Hi, Johnny. How are you? I'm good. I can't wait to get to this spin the wheel, but we'd better catch up first. Yes, I know. But first, a few boring stories. No, no. Not at all. How are you? I'm doing great. I'm doing great. I went to Boston for two days to visit your brother. Oh, great. Merrick. He took me to my favorite yarn store in Northampton, Massachusetts, called Webb's. And Mm. it's quite a place, but it's in Northampton, which is a college town, you know, Smith and Mount Holyoke. Yep, yep. A lot of college towns around Boston, including Boston. This is the story that I wanted to tell you. We were coming home in the car, and we made a turn and were at a park, and I there was a woman standing there with a dog, a little Frenchie. And mm-hmm. I said, oh, he's not allowed to go in the park where the children are. And Mark said, oh, that's Butters. That's Butters. He's famous around here. And, oh. um, yeah. So we pulled around the corner onto Merrick Street and went to park the car. And then here's a lady, and she's got a Frenchie, the same color. Uh-oh. And Mark said, Oh, oh, that's Butters. That's Butters. (laughs) And uh, he parked the car, and we got out. And, you know, Merrick and I are, we'll talk to anyone. And Merrick said, hey, hey, is that Butters? Is that Butters? And I can't hear what the woman is saying. But as I come closer, I hear her saying, Butters moved away months ago. He Oh, and he's been doing butter sightings all year. Yes, yes. And I said to to Mark, this reminds me of the Twilight Zone episode, (laughs) Revenge, where, you know, the woman accuses this guy of bothering her and her husband kills him. And then they get back in the car and she said, oh, there he he is. There he is. (laughs) (laughs) So this story really cracks me up. Butters. Butters. And then later we saw a black dog and I said, oh, there's Butters. And he, Merrick did not appreciate that, I don't think. Well, I bet the all the people in the area with similar looking French bulldogs don't appreciate it either. How many times has that woman told people Butters is gone? This is maple syrup. Get to That's know right. him. He's just as good. He's the new, he's the new Swede in town. That's yeah. right. Now, here's a question I have for you. Oh, okay. We went to, it's a, it was like a restaurant sports bar type place. Mm-hmm. Okay. Willingly? And <laughs> Yes. Here, here's, but here's what happens. We're not all facing the television. Okay. Mm, okay. And, but your eyes cannot help but be attracted to it. Yes. And it's rude, one, but you can't help looking at it and sort of catching the drift of what they're saying, because, of course, now there's um, captions, 
that, yeah, there's captions. And so you, you know what's going on and you're having a conversation with the people at your table, but then, Ooh, here's something about the Celtics and what are they thinking? And so it's very difficult to, I, I find it difficult to, I don't know what to do. I'm with you. Do I you. comment on it? Do I ignore it? Do I, it's, it's a difficult spot, I think. I'm with you. I I hate a TV in a restaurant, which is why I made that snide remark when you told me that you'd gone to a sports bar. Not that I have anything against sports or bars, I suppose. But um, yeah. <clears throat> all those TVs, you're quite right. It inter- interferes with your meal. It's hard not to look because we're wired to be attracted to the bright lights and movement. You know, it's right. just biology. So you have to make a willful effort not to look. It's not very much fun. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess you could ask them to turn it off, but I'm not brave enough to do that. Oh, I'm not going to do that because there's people sitting at the bar. We're not sitting at the bar. We're sitting at a table. But there's people at the bar that are, you know, they're there alone. They're having a beer or whatever on their way home. You know, they're unwinding. I'm not going to interfere with that. But I felt... Like, yeah, you should be doing something. You're, you're, you're doing this the wrong way, but I, but I don't know how to do it the right way. Yeah. I don't, I, well, don't have TVs to me is the right way, but I guess that's not very workable for a sports bar. They don't really have the guy with the chalkboard up uh, on the ladder anymore updating <laughs> the scores. They don't do it that way no. anymore. <laughs> no, they don't. But I just thought, you know, this is so interesting to me that here's another society thing that I've never thought about. And here it's hitting you right in the face. And I have I don't know how to handle this. Yeah. Well, because I, you know, my eyes just keep going back to it. My eyes just keep going back to it. And I don't know. Could you move to a different corner of the different side of the table? I could have. I could have moved to the other side, but there were three of us, so... Oh. But maybe maybe the third person wouldn't have been engaged. You know, and they were talking about the Celtics, which, of course, I care about, mm-hmm. so I'm looking at that because I want... If they're going to say something nasty about Kyrie, I want to hear it. Because you want to say something nasty, too, or because you so... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I want everybody to dislike him like I do now. Oh, well, I don't think that's necessary. Well, I know you don't, but I do. (laughs) Kyrie Irving, for those who don't know, is uh, for now a member of the Boston Celtics, not for long, um, and was expected to really be the next Celtics superstar um, and uh, wasn't. That is the long story short. That is. And was... He is maybe not the most mature human being in the world. I'll leave it at that. I'll leave it at that. You just leave it at that. But when they started saying he didn't like Boston, I just thought, what? <laughs> Boston? How How much? I don't know. Anyway. All right. Well, well, we... uh, well, yeah. Okay. Boston. Boston. It's a great town, you know? Well, it is a great town, but the sports media in Boston is uh, quite aggressive and... You know, when they decide that they want a villain, they put their teeth in someone and don't let go. 
Now, do I think that Kyrie Irving, from what I understand, could have comported himself better uh, during his time in Boston? Certainly I do. But I would, even as a model citizen, I wouldn't want to deal with the pressure of the Boston media. I think that's what turns a lot of people off and the effect that they have on the fans. Yeah. But he himself even said that in the locker room he had issues, so... Oh, uh, oh, he when he says Boston, he meant the Celtics organization, or no? He said the city. The city, hmm. yeah. Which I take uh, umbrage with. Well, you don't live in Boston either. Would you want to live there? Well, you live in Chicago. Would I want to live there? Yes. <laughs> You've said as much many times. I know, but I really would only like to live there because that's where Leo and Eve are. I think you always have a good time in Chicago. I do have a good time in Chicago, but I don't live there. You know, there's things to hate about where you live. You know, where you live is where your dentist is and where you have your colonoscopy. And, (laughs) you know, there's a lot of things to dislike about the place that you live. But, you know, when you're visiting somebody, you're not dealing with any of that stuff. You're not paying bills. You're not... uh, figuring out what to put on the table for dinner. Mm. You're just, you know, it's different. It's easy. Well, I'll tell you what, the next time you're visiting me, you can pay my bills. How's that? (laughs) I have paid your bill. You have? I have. I paid when the guy came and and (laughs) figured out who was screwing up the drain in the kitchen, not me. (laughs) That's right. I forgot. You did pay the plumber one time, and boy, paying the plumber... Thank you. That's that's a. I don't remember that's what right. the amount was, but that's almost certainly a big bill. Yeah, just to find out that someone who shall remain nameless was putting coffee grinds in the disposer. That's right. You. No. <laughs> no, I don't even drink coffee. Well, it wasn't me. So regular listeners can do the math. It wasn't Leo. <laughs> Hey, Mom, quickly, uh, a few weeks ago, we shared um, your ongoing, uh, more of your ongoing troubles with uh, your friend who we're calling Marguerite. And if you didn't hear uh, the earlier discussions, Mom has this friend down the road. And the two things that Mom discussed were Marguerite's tendency to, quote unquote, borrow fairly major grocery items uh, from Mom's cupboard when she was making dinner. And... um, what was it? Oh, she, and she, mom has trouble finding things to do with Marguerite because Marguerite only wants to ever run errands. They can't really go out to lunch because Marguerite's on a tight budget and she doesn't always want mom to pay. It makes her feel awkward. I think we can all understand that. So, right. mom asked the listeners, you know, how to handle this and restore some balance and more to the point, restore some joy to this friendship for mom who was feeling like you're, you felt like it's very asymmetrical and that you pour whatever energy you pour into the friendship, you don't really get back. Is that fair to say? Right. That's right. So um, we got one uh, wonderful email the in the week after that podcast, and um, I kind of guilted the listeners a little bit and said, you guys always come through, and you did not this time. Facetiously, of course, um, especially since the one email we got was so wonderful from Eli. We got a couple more, right. and I just want to share little bits of them, Mom. Um, I'll forward okay. the whole emails to you because people were, these people were very thoughtful. But um, the first one is from Molly J. And she says, 
I think you either need to tell the truth and just tell her that you don't want to give her your food anymore, or tell her a bunch of lies that you happen never to have the items she is requesting. Which I did. Oh, you did? I did do that. (laughs) And how did she take it? She was stunned. (laughs) Did she she know you were lying? What did she ask for? I don't know. I don't know. There was just dead silence when I said, oh, I'm sorry, I don't have either of those things. And what was she asking for? She was asking for uh, an onion and two stalks of celery. And did you actually have these items? Yes. Yes, because, you know, I cook. So, yes, I have those things. But, you know, this was just after the spaghetti sauce, and it's just... Yeah. I... You know, I was being a brat. Okay, I will. Well, Molly J is is on your side. She doesn't think yeah. you're being a brat. She just thinks you're handling your business. And ha- has has Marguerite asked for anything since then? No, she has called. She has called, but I don't answer the phone, um, <laughs> and she doesn't leave a message. So it's not like she wants to say, "Hey, would you like to, mm. you know, do something tomorrow." She never leaves a message. So I know she's just looking for something that she needs. Uh, Molly J has more to tell you. I will forward that email. And uh, Jonathan G also sent a really thoughtful uh, long email, and I'm going to forward all of that. I'm just going to read a little excerpt here for the listeners. Okay. Jonathan writes, Mrs. Tatey's question was, how sweet is it that he calls you Mrs. Tatey? My God. He He says he's a good Southern boy. You certainly are, Jonathan. Mrs. Tatey's question was, uh, Tatey's question was, how do I make this relationship more even? I'd offer that it's as even as she chooses to believe it to be. Wow, get a load of this. It's Ooh. useless to hope that Marguerite will change, and I'd say right. that it's a bit unfair to hope that she will. She yeah. is who she is, and I'd offer to Mrs. Tatey that Marguerite is perfect exactly as she is, and hoping for a different person will only lead to her being upset. Now, he goes into a little more detail, and um, and like I said, I'll send that to you, but what do you make of that? He's preaching a certain acceptance, and just roll your eyes at the annoying right. stuff and cherish the friendship for what it is. If there was something to cherish, I would. <laughs> no, I'm, I mean that. I know, I know, I get it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, you know, if I was a person that had a lot of influence or or was important or whatever, you know, and had, like, if I was a politician, then I could I could adopt that way of thinking. But the problem is, is that my, my friend circle is very small. Mm-hmm. And she, she has gotten under my skin at this point, so much so that daddy even says, just end it, just end it. Well, she does live down the street, which makes it a little more difficult. It, it is difficult, but, you know, you can always not drive by the house. You can go out the other end of the road. <laughs> go the other direction. I don't know. That's true. You know, it's it's uh, it's awkward. It's awkward at this point. But I also feel like she has a lot of distraction because all of her family is living at home again. And Oh, really? Yeah. The daughters? And see, that was my... All of the girls are back home. All of them? Yes. Oh, wow. And I thought, well, maybe the girls will say, hey, let's go. 
yeah. get a manicure. Let's go check out TJ Maxx or, you know, and hey, let's call Bonnie and ask her if she wants to go. And that has never happened. So well, what if you initiate that? What if you what if you said to Marguerite, hey, let's bring the girls and go down to Concord for a Target run? Well, they don't shop at Target. Well, well, I, you know, the the particular brand of okay. megastore is not right. crucial here. Yeah. I don't know. You know, then I feel like the uh, the director of activities. Well, you might have to be that a little bit here. I don't. I don't want that job. I'm too lazy for that job. All right. Well, the girls have added another dimension to this, so I'm going to have to think yes. it over. In the meantime. I would like to thank Jonathan G., Molly J., and from a couple of weeks ago, Eli B. for writing in. Yes. How about this, Mom? Why don't I forward their emails all to you? Okay. You can correspond with them, and maybe a little prize is in order for taking oh. the time to... What do you all think? Right. Yeah? Um, I always like a prize. I know you do. Okay. See, there's benefits to taking some time to think about Mom's problems, as it turned out. That's right, and I have all those Father's Day socks. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Send them to the listeners. Perfect. Problem solved. There you go. Mom, shall we move along to our review for the week? Oh, God, yes. This week, Mom and I are talking about Spin the Wheel. The title of Fox's new summer game show, Spin the Wheel, suggests a simple, straightforward game. So viewers might be surprised when they tune in for a program that's part pop culture trivia quiz, part mind game, Part queen for a day. And yes, there's a giant wheel, too. <laughs> Dax Shepard hosts the proceedings as, over the course of an hour, one player works their way through the outlandishly complicated game, building a potentially multi-million dollar bank by answering questions and spinning a gigantic wheel up to 16 times. Here's a clip. We're going to put $1,000 on the board. Dan, step up there and let's do spin number two. I wish you luck. Spin the wheel. It's huge. All right, question number two. In Texas Hold'em poker, which of these hands has the higher rank? Straight or flush? You have 10 seconds to answer that. You look a little nervous. I don't play poker. Okay, what's it gonna be worth? You'll have to picture it, but there was a wheel spinning in the background of that whole clip. Okay, uh, new episodes of Spin the Wheel air Thursdays on Fox at 8 p.m., 7 Central. And yes, it is also available to stream on Hulu. Mom, is this show wheelie good or wheelie bad? Oh, my God, this this show is so horrible. <laughs> I, I I'm exhausted. I was I was exhausted after watching it. Yeah, yeah, it is quite a trial. It starts off, and I thought, well, isn't this crisp? Because it's produced <laughs> by Justin Timberlake, and he comes on to explain the game. And I thought that's good. He he comes on, he explains the game, and we know just what we're getting into. Yep. 
<laughs> and from there on was like an LSD trip. <laughs> I know. I know. You could never get your bearings. Oh, my God. It swung. It swung. It was like, it was like being on a, an unhinged pendulum. It swung from one thing to the next thing, and now the game changes, and now the now the family is here, and now there's we're having testimonials because you're Eagle Scouts, and now, oh my God, there was no oh my, you know, here's what it was like to me. It was like when you used to get out the game board and play a game with Ashton, and he didn't play by the rules. He, he was the rule maker. So you would roll the dice and you would be landing on something good. And he'd look at the dice and he'd say, Oh, so close. I'm sorry. Uh, we we're only using half the amount that your dice show oh, on this. <laughs> on this, this is my nephew, round. by the way, that mom's talking about. Yes. And, but he would be so sincere and so lovely that you would just sort of go with it. And that's what this game was like. Yeah. Um, so let me try to lay it out for people as I understand it. There, the first round, four spins. You spin the wheel. You answer our trivia question. And the wheel spin in this whole time, it's this gigantic wheel, um, it's 40 feet high. And, and can uh, you can I tell you the, my first problem? All right, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Yeah, let me explain the game first, and then we yeah, have a ahead. whole list of problems go ahead and to get try to. That. Yeah, um, I'm gonna go get lunch. <laughs> the uh, the first round, four spins. You spin the wheel, answer a question, and then see where the wheel lands. So you're spinning to put a value on the question, and you either gain or lose that money. And there's like from a dollar all the way up to like a quarter million dollars in this round. So you can build up a, like half a I forget what it is. A lot of money is on the wheel. Then in the second round, um, some friend or family member goes into this weird like isolation chair thing and they have a button that they can push that can double the value of a question without you, the contestant, knowing. So in the episode we watched, the premiere episode, it's this kid named Dan and his brother, who weirdly is not his twin brother but looked exactly like him, was in the seat in control of the button. Then the third round, the next four spins, it's called the build the wheel round. And I don't even know how to describe how this one works. But <laughs> basically, basically in this round, if you get a question right, you add big money to the to the wheel um, for subsequent spins. And if you get a question wrong, you add these back basically like bankrupt uh, wedges onto the wheel. Right. Back to zero. They're called. And then the final round, at long last, another f up to four spins, the guy in the... I can't believe how long this is taking. I'm just... the Now in the final round, you've built your wheel and you spin it. And um, if you hit back to zero, your game is over. But the guy in the chair can push a button to basically walk away. This is basically the deal or no deal round. So the wheel makes you an offer before each spin for an amount of money that you can take to walk away, but it's the guy in the chair who can secretly choose that or not. So you're spinning the wheel, and you don't even know if it counts. 
um, because your buddy may have already chosen to walk away on that spin or an earlier spin. Good God. Spin the wheel. And you're I, not done. Oh, yeah. That's it, though. And then at the end, once you're, you know, this the kid on this episode made it all the way through 16. He didn't hit back to zero ever. So he racked up a, a jackpot of like $1.3 million, I think it was, right? Which he's yeah. he's done then, and he can walk away with that, except that his brother hit the button like on the second spin of the final round. So he only got, he got a little under $200,000. The least exciting $200,000 win I've ever seen. Like, what a weird setup where you have this anticlimax of... Yeah. Uh, wow. But meanwhile, the audience is in a... 60 minute or however long a show is frenzy. They're relentless. Remember last week how I complained about clapping for money amounts? I don't know that they ever stopped clapping for money amounts on this show. It was just constant. It was constant hysteria. And I, and there was no reason for it. It's just like, Hey, the clap sign is on. Do your job. (laughs) Your job is to clap. It, It was, this was the most confusing sequence of, of things. And let me just tell you, you know how when, when the uh, contestants on Prices Right play Plinko, yep. you are there from the minute they drop that plastic coin thing, mm-hmm. you know, and listening to it hit the, yes. the uh, spokes as it comes down. Very satisfying. I could watch that all day. Mm-hmm. I could watch that all day. This was, I don't, I don't know how to describe the wheel. It was electronic, and it just looks fake. It doesn't look, it's not fun. There's no, there's no ball. It's all electronic. Um, well, there is a ball. Yes, there is. Oh, there, yes, there <laughs> There is a ball. Pardon me. It's like a vertical, it's, it's like a 40-foot roulette wheel, basically, <sighs> that's up on its side. I actually, the wheel was one of the few things that I liked about this show. I didn't I th- like it. I think the wheel is gorgeous, but here's number one on my notes with five exclamation points after it. The show is called Spin the Wheel, and they don't actually spin the wheel. All they do, you know, Dax, Dax Shepard, the host, says the wheel is activated by your touch, and then there's kind of this quick little aside, like the the speed and duration of the spin is determined randomly. And you know what? The wheel being activated by touch, even that's a lie, because we could see the contestant go up and put his hand on the thing, and he's just, like, pretending to give it a push. He's just waiting for the wheel to start moving on its own so he can be like, oh, here we go. I did it. I was trying to recall a a game show wheel that contestants don't actually spin, and I couldn't really come up with one. I don't think I've ever seen this before. And I mean, I think that's, the charm of some of the games, for instance, in Praises, right, is the contestants roll the dice. You know, they physically hold them in their right. hands and roll them and and plinko with the chips and they they bink bonk down the, the thing. There's there's something uh, with the touching that that conveys something to me sitting at home. This was so soft. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, because he wasn't really putting any oomph into it. It it looks right. unnatural. And 
You know, I've I've thought about this more deeply than I'm sure anybody who made this show really intended anybody to. But, you know, I thought about it is basically random when you spin the wheel yourself. And yet we do attach some meaning to the fact that it is the person's own force that provides the impetus for this thing. There's something right. crucial about the person themselves being the initiator. And it's just it may be equally random and capricious, especially on a roulette wheel, which is totally unpredictable. Yeah. Um, yeah. But it's different, and it just doesn't feel right. Well, as the game progressed, <clears throat> it got more and more confusing to me with the hidden thing that the guy was, that the, the partner was doing. Oh, yeah. And, you know, the and the reality, when, when the brother says to him, well, I froze the wheel at the $200,000 or whatever. Yeah. He says, oh, you know, that's all right. I, I really trust you. And, you know, I would have said, well, what the hell? Didn't you have any faith in me, you idiot? I You should have just let it roll. It's a game show. The other problem I had was that the audience was flat as far as I was concerned because they started out hysterical and they ended up hysterical and there was no mm. building or good point. tension or, uh, oh, you're going to lose it all now. It's You get to the point where, you, where you're really saying, it's just a game show. You, know, you came with nothing, you go home with nothing. You were on TV for an hour. Lucky you. The point about the audience is, is a great one. You're right. It, the energy has no um, arc to it. Nor, for that matter, does Dax Shepard's energy. Oh, my God, really? He never smiles. Never smiles. Never smiles. So dour. And, you know, it's weird, Mom, because he never smiles. But what was funny to me is last week we talked about card sharks and how Joel McHale always felt like he had like a 90% grasp on the game, right? And card sharks, <laughs> which the game is like flip the next card— I was kind of mystified by the fact that he didn't have his feet beneath him. Dax Shepard had this impenetrable game down pat. Yes, yes. Uh, so, that, but he was not that much fun to watch, and not funny, and not enjoying himself by all appearances. It didn't look like, and it looked like all the energy had to come from the the family, and they didn't have much to spare. I touched on this last week, but even more so in the case of Spin the Wheel, Dax Shepard is really constrained here. And it's yeah. a shame because they do spend so much time clapping for money amounts. He has to spend so much time explaining the rules. Again, oh. similar to Joel McHale, he doesn't have any room to host. And this is a style of game show that, uh, you know, it's really in... It has a lot of the same ticks as Deal or No Deal, including stealing some of the rules of it um, for the yeah. for the last round. But um, one of my least favorite production choices is something called AVR, and all that means is they is they go into a recording booth after they've edited edited the show together and have Dax say into the microphone all the things that they wish he'd said but didn't say at crucial junctures. Yeah. So when you can tell this happens because they'll go to a wide shot so you can't see his lips moving. He'll, you know, you'll hear something like this. 
Okay, spin the wheel. Let's go. There are amounts up to $500,000 on the wheel. Like, the, uh, you can hear the tone of his voice change. If you're yeah. doing it right, you shouldn't hear that, but it's really hard to match the acoustics and the original taping. And to me, that's antithetical to a game show. Like, there should be some sense of happening. Uh, in a game show, yeah. and when you've gone back and sort of papered over all of the rough moments, I come back to something you said, Mom. Flat. It just—it's um, all sort of tidy and and it's on rails. It's like we're on a sort of a theme park ride. Yeah, There's no sense yeah. of adventure or possibility. I—I I, I just thought this was a very odd game. It—it had—it encompassed too much. It's too long not fun. I didn't really love or even like anything about it. And I do like Dax Shepard. I mean, I like him very much, but I just, this is, this was my last question that I wrote down. Why isn't somebody making the game show I want to see? Well, you like, you enjoyed Press Your Luck last week. I did. But where's the where is the where are the game shows? And you know maybe money is the problem now mm-hmm. because that's you know that's the prize. Money is the prize. Yeah. Um, you know, a game like Concentration maybe isn't going to work anymore. You know, where you you've been to two uh, prizes, match two prizes, and then you get to see the board revealed a little bit. You know, I just feel like games like that make you think. They include you. This game had nothing for me to do. Good this- point. Yeah. You could answer the questions, but the questions seemed like almost an afterthought. Ugh. They were stupid. Yeah. Post was answering them before me. Yeah, they were they were very easy. Um yeah, it's it's you're right, Mom. And do you remember what the jackpot was on the original Alan Ludden password that ran for such a long time? Was it like $250? Yep, that's right. That was if you hit the jackpot. If you were perfect, yeah. you could win 250 bucks. Because it wasn't about that. It was about just watching people play a fun game and playing along yeah. at home. Yeah. And that's what we're missing. Wow, I'm glad we solved that. That's what we're missing. We're not included. This, this, this does not have any room for the viewer. Well put. We just have to sit back in awe at the vast amounts of money. And, you know, if it were more of a party atmosphere, and by which I do not mean more yelling, but if it were kind of a swirly, like, woohoo, like we are having fun tonight type of thing, that I think I could enjoy a little more. But it's all like, this is the biggest decision of your life. <laughs> and I just. Come on, really? like you said, it's a game show. Can we can we have some fun? I mean, yeah. what about when the brother came out at the end to reveal the decision he'd made and he starts with the speech about the about Dan the Eagle Scout going to rescue the people out of the yeah, train that the had eulogy. derailed. That's what I called it. The what? The eulogy. The <laughs> The eulogy, yeah. He's just like, I'm so proud of you then, and you've always been my hero, but I I wasn't surprised you were a hero for everybody else in that moment. I'm just sitting here thinking, Christ, like, A, it's so contrived, and it's so crass for the producers to force him to make this speech, because, come on, we're not watching at home thinking he was suddenly moved in this moment on national TV to finally talk right. about his, to his brother about... 
They'd made this train thing the centerpiece of the episode, and just everybody had to be about that. And it, this was like, don't forget, this is what we're all about. Right, right. Uh, you know, I mentioned yeah. Queen for a Day in the intro, but at least yeah, Queen for a I Day know. would execute this with some grace and some self-awareness. Um, but if people don't know for Queen for what Queen for a Day is, which why would you? It's um, a game show from, what is it, late 50s? Yeah. Where people would, they'd have three... <laughs> Three women, it was always women, right, since it's Queen yeah. for a Day, would come on with their sob stories, and the person with the best sob story would get, like, a new kitchen or some such. Not even something that big. She'd get a new refrigerator yeah. or a yeah. washer-dryer, yeah. and, you know, but there'd be much tears, much angst, and it was quite a show. Yeah. So just the the weepy reveal, it's so overwrought. It was embarrassing, didn't you think? It was a little embarrassing, yeah. It was embarrassing to see these, you know, they're perfectly decent people. Did I want to punch them by the end of the episode? (laughs) I'm sorry. Yes, I did. But I also understand that these are good, decent people who are being put through this cynical um, TV production meat grinder, and I I find it dehumanizing. Yes, that's the perfect word, really. In this instance, for sure. Yeah, in this particular instance, yeah. Yep, yep. Here's these wide-eyed, you know, is this Oz? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yeah. Okay, I got some questions for you. Okay. First of all, the wheel. I loved the wheel. You didn't love it. But let's talk about different kinds of wheels, because it got me thinking. There's the Wheel of Fortune wheel, flat the Wheel of Fortune wheel has three indicators on it, right? One for each player. So it makes that wonderful, yeah. prrr, like that trademark yeah. Wheel of Fortune sound. Then you've got the Price is Right style wheel, kind of rare, where you're looking at it from the side, where we see the side of the wheel, and it's got panels instead of being round around the side. Right. Um, you've got the Match Game Star wheel, where um, oh, yeah, yeah. you've got the sort of static pointer at the top. So what's your favorite kind of game show wheel? Now, I know you have a soft spot for the Price is Right wheel because you can't help laughing when people fall down when they spin it, which happens from time to time. <laughs> That's my favorite thing because people because the wheel, as you have told me, is much heavier than it looks. Yeah. And so I do love a fanny plop, you know, when you're spinning the wheel or getting almost swept under. I am not... Not well in that department. Um, that's my favorite. It's hard to it's hard to think about the other wheels after that. Yeah, yeah. I do like the wheel of fortune wheel. I think it's very satisfying with the click click click. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna go with that one. How about you? I'm gonna I'm gonna choose a weird one, which is I mentioned the match game star wheel, but um, yeah. in 1990, the 1990 revival of uh, match game, they also had a star wheel. But this is it's the only wheel I can recall where the contestant actually spins the indicator or appeared to spin the indicator rather than the whole mm. whole thing. And really the way it was set up is they had a disc with all the celebrities' names on it. And behind that, they had a wheel with only the pointer sticking out. So that's the only part of the wheel you could see. And so they appear to spin this indicator and it would glide around the wheel. I always thought that was really cool. Yeah, I like that one too. That's a good one. 
that is a good one, but I'm going to stick with the Wheel of Fortune because they they started with that and they stuck with it. And so I'm going to give them big points for their nod to tradition. Yeah. Okay. So here's another question I had for you. Mm. This show is one player versus the house, which is a format that really came back into vogue when Who Wants to Be a Millionaire became such a hit. But it dates back to the very beginnings of quiz shows. You know, it's $64,000 question, for instance, one of yeah. the early TV game shows. I'm not crazy about this format. I wonder what you think of it. I, I like to see players playing against each other, even yeah. if it's like match game where the competition really doesn't isn't a big part of it. But there's something that bores me faster yeah. when it's just one player against the house. Yeah. And I'm going to tell you, the only other thing I can think of um, playing alone, if you will, which which wasn't really alone because it was always a couple, was like beat the clock. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> because they came on and were racing against time. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that had the right amount of tension. This show just was too much of one person. It was it was yeah. boring. It was boring, especially because the one person was just like. Mr. Perfect American Boy. Yeah. Have one flaw. Christ. Take out a button. Have a cigarette right in the middle of the spin in the wheel or something. <laughs> something. One last, before we get the grade and wrap up the review, can I share? I know I've done a lot of talking, but I want to share one last um, little tidbit yeah, here. Yeah, please do. Do you remember the big spin? On on this show? No. Do you remember the show called The oh, Big the Spin? Big... Oh, I don't. I, no. So we, as you know, um, when I was little, there was no cable where we lived. That was like a space age technology. Um, so in order to get more than um, ABC, CBS and a fuzzy NBC, we got a satellite dish. And if you're picturing like a you know dinner plate thing like they have now, no, this is... <laughs> What was it like? Twenty, twenty-four feet. It was like feet? something from NASA. Yeah, this gigantic um, satellite dish uh, was they put behind our backyard. This was like a portal for me. I think ultimately very influential on what I decided to do with my life because. If you were willing to hunt around for all the different feeds this dish could pick up, you could find stuff from around the country and you could find raw feeds. Like sometimes we'd watch a Celtics game, Dad and I would, right? And during the commercial breaks, we wouldn't see commercials. We would hear the chatter between the announcers because we were getting the broadcast feed still. Dad and I used to watch uh, this uh, famous California lottery show called The Big Spin. And this could not have been a simpler show. Now, here's here's a show that lived up to its simplicity. People who had won a ticket to the show by uh, with scratch off lottery tickets, um, they could you could win an appearance on the big spin, and they'd spin a wheel. That the reason I bring it up is it's it's a vertical roulette wheel, just like the spin the wheel wheel. Now it's a smaller scale. This is like a six foot high wheel, human size wheel, but yeah. it's a vertical roulette wheel. And I'm sure this is where the spin the wheel producers um, <clears throat> got the idea for the design of their wheel, but they'd spin it. There'd be money amounts all over it. And wherever the ball landed, they'd win that 
hooray, goodbye, get out, and here's the next person coming in. And sometimes someone will win a million bucks on a spin of the wheel. One of the dumber game shows I've ever seen, but also one I really remember quite fondly, especially because it seemed like it was special that we could see it from the other side of the country. And, yeah. you know, I'd watch it with Dad, and we'd get all excited about um, spins that actually did prove to be big. I just find it funny that that is one of the most lo-fi game shows I've ever seen. And to even say it has rules would be to exaggerate. You know, the <laughs> rules are so simple. And I'd so much rather watch an episode of that, be able to transport back in time and watch an episode of that, than watch Spin the Wheel with all its overproduction and overcomplication and, yeah. um, you know, maudlin uh, human interest stuff. Uh, and and that that was my summation is that how much bigger, how much better can we get? Yeah, yeah, I know. What you're I mean, saying. how far are you going to go to to entertain us when really what we want is just something that includes us? The other thing is, where are the game show personalities? You know, they have all these celebrities doing it. But we know them from movies or other television right. shows, and they seem like uh, like if I was the producer, I might think, "Oh, this is a sure sure bet." But where are the personalities that know how to work the room? They're not going to give them this job. the The network for a primetime network show, the network wants a name, and that's what they'll that's the phrase that they will use. They want a name. Um, someone like you said that you know from movies or TV or whatever, you know, Dax Shepard, pretty famous comedian and comic actor. That's all they want. And you'd think, well, he doesn't really know how to host a game show. Why choose him? What they figure is that the production will take care of it. And that's how it works now on these oh. on most of these primetime shows. Not all of them. I think Alec Baldwin has a pretty long leash on Match Game, for instance, to conduct mm -hmm. that show as he pleases. But Dax Shepard is is in a box here. I just feel like they kind of wheeled Dax Shepard out on a dolly, and he just has to say what he's been told to say. Yeah. Does he make the occasional joke? Yes, but um, with the demeanor of a gulag prisoner. Like, he just yeah. is not happy. And, and I'm not happy. <laughs> <laughs> On that note, what is your grade for Spin the Wheel, Mom? Well, you know I love a game show. You know that, of but I, I had to give this an F. Oh, it F. is so much work and so much cutting out. It's just, oh, no. it's an F. We'll have to get the sad bones for that. There you go. Whoops, that's the wrong button. Give you a rim shot first. Yeah. Do you have a recommendation for us this week, Mom? I do have a, a recommendation. This is a little. This book is a little strange. It's a book. It's called Last Night at the Lobster by Stuart Onan. I think that's how you say his name. Mm -hmm. And it is the telling of the last day of work at a Red Lobster from the manager's point of view, and it takes you from opening up to shutting down, you might enjoy it because the manager, to me, always looks like he's just hanging around, but I guess he has a lot of responsibilities, and so that's what this book is about. It, his his uh, 
franchises being shut down by the company, but it shows how he goes through all the motions of opening up the restaurant and serving people and people that are not very good customers and his staff, how he manages them, and then closing up and and leaving. Um, It just takes place in one day, and it's it's just interesting. It was an interesting read. Okay, that's Last Night at the Lobster by Stuart Onan. Mom, we had a listener um, get in touch via Twitter to ask um, if there's a list of all the book recommendations that you've offered on the show, which is a great idea. We don't have that at the moment. Um, But you had another suggestion, which is they can become your friend on Goodreads, right? On Goodreads, that's right. And uh, we don't know what your username is. We spent about 20 minutes trying to figure it out. Uh, (laughs) But if you just search for Bonnie Tatey, she'll come up. Now it's B-O-N-N-E-Y-T-E-T-I. So follow Mom on Goodreads if you want all of her book recommendations. And there's some other books on there, too. You can see everything she's been reading, including the ones that are rated three stars. Some of them you don't really care for, it seems. Well, I'm a hard marker. As we know, as we know. Well, uh, that'll do it for this week's edition of Pop Mom. Mom and I will be back in two weeks. Uh, we're We're going to be off for July 4th. So we will be back in two weeks to talk about more pop culture. What should we talk about, Mom? That's the question. Something interesting? I guess we can make that work. All right, something interesting. So tune in in two weeks. Thank you for listening. Hey, if you're traveling for July 4th, seeing family, tell them about the show. We sure would appreciate it. Regardless, though, we love you. Mom and I will talk to you again in a couple weeks. Bye for now, Mom. Bye, Johnny. I love you. Love you, too.